Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're continuing our study of the covenants of promise. This is actually part 11, so let's go to our text. It's the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, beginning verse 12. You had no connection with Messiah or with Christ. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and outside God's covenants and the promise that goes with them. And I'm telling you, it is something to be a part of a covenant family. And that's what God has called us to. Now, in order for this covenant family to exist, God had to restore the body of Sarah so that she could have a child. And uh, let's, let's recap just a minute. We talked about how the Lord had made a promise to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. And for many, many years, for 24 years actually, God said nothing about his wife Sarah. God did not say she will be the mother. But 24 years in, God said, I have made Sarah a mother. And actually he changed the names of Abraham and Sarah. Abram was Abram, and God put the fifth letter of the alphabet, the hay, into his name Abraham. And then he put the fifth letter of the alphabet, hey, into Sarah's name. Her name was Sarai, and he put it Sarah. And so you've got that hey added in. Five is the number of grace. So God added a grace to them. You actually will see this in one of the scriptures here in a minute. And so what we see is that um, uh, God worked an amazing miracle to give Abraham and Sarah the ability to have a child. Now, God restored Sarah's body so she could give birth to a son. And um, in Genesis chapter 20 and verse 2, this doesn't have anything to do directly with her having a child. But when Abraham took Sarah down to the land of the Philistines, once again, just like what happened when they were younger and they went to Egypt, the king saw Sarah. She was so beautiful, he wanted her as his wife. And so Abimelech, king of the Philistines, took Sarah. And it was because Abraham and Sarah did not tell him, hey, this is his wife. And uh, once again, uh, Abraham fell into fear and said, she's my sister. But here's what it says to me. This is after God made the promise to them and changed her name. It says that God restored Sarah's youthfulness. And even though she was 90 years old, she didn't look like it. He reversed the aging process in her and made her body so as to look as though she was several years younger. And that's not stated directly, I get that, but it's inferred by the fact that this king, who could have any number of women, decides he wants this woman uh, because she is so beautiful. So God must have reversed the aging process in Sarah. And uh, who knows, maybe that's a promise that can... Uh, happened to several of us. But Abraham failed again to protect Sarah's honor in this foreign country. And once again, God intervened. Now, Sarah went through the course of a normal pregnancy. Listen to what God said when he said he was going to make Sarah have the baby. Uh, Genesis 18.10, and this is the second visit. There were two visits. There was one in Genesis 17, and then about three months later, there appears to have been, about three months later, there was another visit. I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. Now, to me, that means I'll return to you in nine months. And behold, Sarah, your wife will have a son. So uh, God said uh, the, the time of life, and that, that's a nine-month pregnancy. 
uh, Genesis 18, 11 says she was past the age of childbearing. So uh, God appeared to them in Genesis 17, about one year out from the birth of Isaac. And then uh, three months later, came back again and said, according to the time of life, uh, your wife will have a son. And so there seems to be about a three-month gap between these two visits. Now, let's keep going. Genesis 21, verses 1 through 7. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah. And, and remember what I said, he put the fifth letter, the, the number uh, of grace, hey. And uh, that's the fifth letter of the alphabet. Five is always associated with grace in the scriptures. He put that letter in her name, and the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant, bore a son to Abraham in his own age at the very time God promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I've borne him a son in his old age. So she goes in even more detail. She said, I'm not only going to give birth to this baby, but I'm going to be able to nurse him. So God actually rejuvenated her, but you see, Sarah was barren even when she was of childbearing age. So God had to heal her body or perhaps even work a creative miracle. And so God reversed the aging process and he repaired whatever did not work in Sarah's body. He rejuvenated Abraham's reproductive systems and they had this son. Now the New Testament in the most amazing way, lays out all the steps of faith that Abraham followed so that we could learn from them. And I want to take you to Romans chapter 4. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And we'll start at verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, because the law contained lots of works, it was way easier for the people under the law to slip over into the way of thinking that the law is how you're made right with God. And there was never a time, never, even during the law, there was never a time that people were made righteous because of the law. The Bible doesn't say that. It says, in fact, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. God always expected people to be justified by faith. And faith was for those who were under the law of Moses. The law was added to deal with the volume of transgressions that happened because now we got a whole nation of people and we have people who are carnal and not spiritual. We have people who are, not, uh, who are selfish, who are not considerate of others. So God added the law to smooth over all of the human difficulties and in order to point to Christ even more perfectly because all of the things in the law, the sacrifices, the festivals, everything was symbolic of Jesus Christ. And he fulfilled them all. Every major event in the early church, uh, the, 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 the death of Christ, 
the time that he, listen, on the 10th day of the month of Nisan, the lamb was taken to be examined and tested for four days. And that's what happened when Jesus entered Jerusalem on the 10th day of Nisan in the triumphal entry. And what do they do? They throw question after question at him. And they test him in the most amazing ways. And he passes every single test. Then he is offered as the Passover lamb on the 14th day of Nisan. He fulfills Passover. Then he fulfills first fruits by rising from the dead the following Sunday morning. And then he gives the Holy Spirit 50 days later on the day of Pentecost. And so he fills all of those festivals. Actually, four of them have been fulfilled. Three are yet to be fulfilled, and I promise you he'll do those two. And so we see this amazing pattern that God gave. Now, we're justified by faith, all right? Here's how the whole process worked. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not as though they were. Now, this verse tells us that Abraham's faith began with a very direct promise from God. All faith starts with a promise from God. Now, this is what I think is so very important. A lot of people have copycat faith. And you know what? God may let you get by with that for a little bit. You heard somebody get up in church and testify about a scripture they stood on, and God blessed them, and so you, you do that, and, and, and God will let you do it. You little children copy their parents, but ultimately, you have to have your own faith. Now that's why it's so important that you read the Word of God and meditate the Word of God because what you're doing is you're giving the Holy Spirit something to bring back to you. There was a scripture, it was Mark eleven twenty three that saved my nine-year-old daughter's life. And it came to me by the Holy Spirit. It was a scripture that I had memorized uh, 20 years before and had never prayed with that scripture, never used that scripture, never stood on that scripture, but I knew it. And when my daughter fell on concrete and developed a terrible blood clot on her brain, and it looked horrible, it, it didn't look like she was going to make it, but I'm going to tell you what God did. The Holy Spirit brought that verse to me. Jesus said, if you say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe those things you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. That was a perfect scripture for my occasion because I continued to say what I believed. And I needed to have something to do because it's the only thing that kept me from wandering over into the horrible thoughts that were coming at me during that time. And my daughter was saved. Now, God calls into existence what He wants. And that's how He changes things. And God gave this promise to Abraham. He said, I have made you a father of many nations. That's past tense. He didn't say it's going to happen. He did say it's going to happen for 24 years. But after 24 years, he changed the tense and said, now I've done it. It's a done deal. I have done it. Abraham believed it. Now let's go to the next verse. Verse 18. Abraham, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. In other words, Abraham received something 
that was against hope. It was against all hope. Now, very few times do we actually face totally and completely hopeless situations. Even if you get a diagnosis of cancer, there's still hope because there are people who recover from cancer all the time. But what Abraham faced, nobody recovered from. So against hope, he believed in hope. But see, God wanted to use him as a model of faith. Well, what if God gives him a little dinky assignment where anybody with a little bit of faith could have won the battle? He wouldn't be an example of as a father of faith, but that's what God wanted. God gives him a tough challenge. Waits till he's 100 years old. And Abraham and his wife believe, and God against hope causes them to have this son. Now let's keep going. He was not weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Why was he not weak in faith? Because he would not dwell on the natural circumstances. He did not remind himself every day of his body. If he thinks about the way things are, he will not have any faith. He has a specific promise from God. And by the way, this is not some promise that he cooked up on his own. This is something that God Almighty gave him. And God Almighty said to him, and I'm going to tell you something. When you become a student of God's Word and you meditate the Word of God and when the Holy Spirit quickens a word to you, we call that a rhema word, when He quickens that word to you and brings you that word in your spirit, I'm telling you, you know God has promised. And that's why we need to be full of the Word of God because we are giving the Holy Spirit a vocabulary to speak from. People who want to hear the Holy Spirit who never studied the Bible are inviting disaster because the Holy Spirit speaks what He has heard God speak. And when you and I memorize Scripture, we're giving Him a vocabulary to speak from. And that's what happens here with Abraham. Now, being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Abraham's reproductive system was completely wiped out. He was about 100 years old. He didn't think about the deadness of Sarah's womb. And by the way, Sarah's womb had been dead for way longer than uh, 20 years or so. She, she, she'd never been able to have children. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Uh, the, the, the King James Bible says stagger. I love that. He didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, he was not weak in faith because he would not consider the natural. Listen, the natural has nothing to do with this. Him and Sarah having this son has nothing to do with their age, has nothing to do with any of the natural circumstances because the only thing that makes it possible and viable is a promise from God, and they have that. So they are believing this, and, and they are persuading themselves and so Abram kept giving glory to God. That means he got up every day and, uh, and he praised the Lord. You know, just the fact that he got up in the morning and said, my name is Abraham, and he looks over at his wife and says, your name is Sarah. That's a way of giving glory to God. That means that they are accepting the names that God gave to them. And look at this, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Now I want to tell you, there are two things that convinced Abraham. Two things. Number one, 
Abraham had the thing in the past that he could look to that God had done faithfully. Every time he turned around, God had kept his word. God bailed him out of problems in Egypt and in the land of the Philistines. God kept him safe when he went to go rescue Lot. God blessed him financially so that he could support the people who are with him. God was with Abraham every single step of the way. God blessed him and was faithful to him. And one of the things that you will do to build your faith is remind yourself of all the good things God's done for you up until now. And then secondly, Abraham was fully persuaded that what God has promised, he was able also to perform. Who persuaded Abraham? Somebody said, God. No, you're wrong. If God does the persuading, then none of us ever have a problem with faith because God's perfect and he would never fail at persuading us. Abraham took what God said and Abraham persuaded himself. I'm so glad that this story is here because it leads us down a path so that any of us can have strong faith. Well, I'm already going over my time for today, but I hope you got blessed by this. And I encourage you to read this passage over and again in Romans 4, beginning in verse 16, because it is loaded with power. Thank you. We'll pick up here tomorrow.